Hey beautiful people, my name's TJ and thank you so much for tuning in to the Everyday Empowerment Podcast. The purpose of this podcast is to empower and to inspire you to live your best life. I want to work with you to create an unshakable mindset, to make more purposeful choices and to invite more abundance into your life. In today's episode, I wanted to share a recent experience I had with anxiety. I want to go behind the scenes of what this looked like and the experience I went through in hope that this could help you or someone you know. I also want to share my top 10 tips for living with anxiety. I do want to take this moment before we get into it to share that if if you're feeling overwhelmed or anxious right now, please know that you can contact one of the mental health helplines and they'll be able to help you straight away. Speaking from experience, these helplines have been so helpful and they've helped me on some of my darkest and most difficult days and I'm extremely grateful for their services. So if you're in Australia and require support, you can contact Beyond Blue for 24-hour support with depression or anxiety on 1300 4636. If you're 25 years old or younger, you can contact the Kids Helpline for 24-hour counselling support on 1800 1800. You can also contact the Lifeline for 24-hour crisis counselling and suicide prevention services on 13 11 14. So I've recently come out and openly started sharing my story with my mental health journey. For about 10 years, I've had episodes of depression and anxiety, and it's something I've had to work through and get support on. You know, for the last few months, I was doing pretty good and life through its regular challenges and wins my way and nothing seemed to really faze me. But about three weeks ago, I woke up with the crippling sense of anxiety and I couldn't shake this overwhelming feeling off. At that point, nothing had really triggered me to feel that way, you know, health, family, relationships, career, finance, everything was fine, yet it felt like the world was crashing down on me. It's really important for me to stress and highlight the importance of understanding that sometimes anxiety and depression are triggered by a cause, but other times, quite often, there might not be an obvious trigger. And research actually tells us that it can be caused by an imbalance of brain chemicals called neurotransmitters, which can happen to anyone, or it can be the brain structure or a genetic predisposition, which again can happen to anyone. The reason I want to highlight that sometimes it can be caused by a trigger and sometimes not so is because it opens a door and invites those who believe they have no reason to be sad or anxious to come forward and ask for help and support. Equally, for those who do have a reason, even if it's as small or trivial as, you know, being late to something, it helps you as well to come forward and ask for support and for help. So the more we realize that each of us at some point in our life will require support with our mental health, it'll help relax the barrier and the stigmas associated with mental health being for a specific person, a specific personality, a specific story or a specific gender because it's really not the case. So going back about three weeks ago, I sat with the pain of this anxiety and crippling, overwhelming sensation or fear and I really try to push through my day hoping that it would pass. 
Um, the following day, the anxiety just grew stronger and stronger, and soon a week in, and it had turned into this extremely painful amount of fear. Fear that I was going to go back into my deeper and darker days. A fear that I wouldn't be able to serve others or serve myself. And that fear just grew and grew and became more powerful each day. I wanted to share some of the thoughts and behavioral changes I experienced. Um, I'm hoping that this would be helpful for yourself or someone you know. It's something to watch out for, I think, on other people. But please know that this was purely from my experience and I'm not a medical professional at all. Um, and if you have any questions or concerns, I really urge you to speak to someone like a GP or speak to someone from one of the helplines I mentioned earlier. So some of the thoughts and behavioral changes I experienced during those three weeks. Um, so firstly, the most obvious one was my sleeping pattern completely changed. For me, I was excessively sleeping, which is completely against my normal behavior. You know, I was waking up minutes before I had to work and I was sleeping much earlier as well. For a lot of people, though, it can be the complete opposite where you can't sleep and you're deprived of that sleep and energy. The second thing for me was that no matter how hard or little I tried, my mind was constantly overthinking and in overdrive. I was unable to concentrate on basic tasks in front of me and I had an overwhelming sense of, you know, self-doubt and, you know, fear with every task as well as my larger goals in life. Another thing I experienced is that I definitely didn't enjoy my usual routine um, or activities that usually kept me busy and my usual interests became of absolute no interest. I didn't feel like socializing or being around other people either and it came to a point where I almost started doubting who I was as a person um, and this sort of then evolved into me really not caring about you know, getting dressed and you know, slacking off with my self-care and not looking after my appearance. Um, another one that I can recall is mood-wise, I was on a roller coaster of irritability, anxiety, sadness, disappointment, extreme emotions, and then the absence of any emotion at all. And with the intense emotion, there were times where I had chest tightness and a bit of chest pain as well. So one of the main reasons I felt a strong calling to record this podcast was because by me openly talking about my mental health, I'm hoping that you, your parent, your sibling, your friend, your colleague or your neighbor will feel a sense of comfort with being able to open up one day too. You know, experiencing what I've experienced in life and knowing what I know, I feel a deep calling to create safe spaces and stronger communities around me where people really feel comfortable and not judged and can trust others so that they can share what they're experiencing if they choose to. You know, sadly, according to the Center for Addiction and Mental Health, mental health stigma prevents 40% of people with anxiety or depression from seeking medical help in the first place. And according to Black Dog Institute, a mental health research service, every day at least six Australians die from suicide and a further 30 people will attempt to take their own life. That's just one too many lives. So I hope by me sharing my story, you realize that mental health is something relevant to all of us. It's something that you or your loved one could experience in your lifetime. It's nothing to be ashamed of. And it's knowing that it can be triggered by an obvious cause and sometimes not. 
So during those three weeks, there were a few tips I had implemented which really supported me during and after this time when returning to feeling like myself again. And some of these you may already be aware of. However, what I've done is I've given them different names, almost like personas, so they're easier to recall during those moments of anxiety or chronic stress. And also, again, please know that these worked for me during my experience and I'm not a medical professional. So if you have any questions or concerns, please contact your GP or one of the helplines I mentioned earlier. The first thing that I did want to recommend, though, before going into my top 10 tips, um, it's kind of linking back to what I mentioned at the start of the episode, is to try out one of the helplines. Give them a call. They are, they're excellent and the service they provide um, can be really, really helpful. You don't need to know what to say when you call them and you know, you're speaking to a professional who knows that you might just cry on the phone or you might be silent. You know, you might not know what to say, you might be scared or you might not even be able to make sense and that's okay, they already know that. So you just need to call them and allow them to lead the call. Um, so if you are in Australia and you require support, I recommend saving those phone numbers um, on your phone, either for yourself or even if, you know, at, ever, at, at some point in your life, if you ever need to grab those phone numbers to give to someone else so you can help them um, with their mental health. So again, the phone number for Beyond Blue is one three hundred double two four six three six. The phone number for the Kids Helpline is one eight hundred double five one eight hundred, and the number for Lifeline is thirteen eleven fourteen. So let's get into it. These are my top 10 tips for you or for a loved one or for someone you know who might be experiencing anxiety or chronic stress. And I've called these tips personas so that it's easier for you to recall them during those challenging times. So the first one is the breather. The breather essentially takes a moment to recenter themselves. So what you do is you set your timer for every 20 minutes and take deep breaths for one to two minutes. Once you feel more comfortable, you can increase the timer to every 30 minutes and then hourly. I'm personally trying to implement this in my life every hour or two, even when I feel okay, as it's a way to really recenter myself and bring me to the present moment. Another important reason to do this is because deep breathing increases the supply of oxygen into your brain and stimulates the parasympathetic nervous system, which promotes a state of calmness. The more I do this, the easier it will become and the better I'll get at it. So it'll help me during the tough times as well as the good times. I do want to say though, make sure that your reminder isn't something um, that's irritating or triggering or an annoying alarm, you know, something that could maybe trigger you um, and remind you that you're late for something or late for work or something. So make sure um, that you're actually picking a pleasant sound or a simple vibration so it's not adding to your anxiety. The second persona is the experiencer. So the experiencer essentially takes a moment to truly take in their environment. I actually learnt this method after speaking with a psychologist after my jury duty experience. Some of you might know that I was part of a jury on a manslaughter case and the trial went on for several weeks so you can imagine how confronting that experience was um, but this was a method that really helped me. So you follow a 5-4-3-2-1 approach. You firstly acknowledge five things you can see around you. It could be a pen, a spot on the ceiling, a tree, the design on your mug, anything in your surroundings. 
You then acknowledge four things you can touch around you. It could be your hair, a pillow, the sensation of your clothes touching your body or the ground under your feet. You then acknowledge three things that you can hear. This could be any external sound, so it can be the sound of your belly rumbling, birds, traffic, doors opening and closing. You then acknowledge two things that you can smell. Maybe you're in an office and you can smell, smell permanent marker, or maybe you're in your bedroom and you can smell perfume. Maybe you can smell someone cooking or cleaning. Finally, you acknowledge one thing you can taste. Maybe it's your coffee or tea or some lunch, or maybe just a general saltiness or maybe some gum or fresh mint. So similar to the breather, the experiencer recenters you and helps you come to the present moment. It also helps you cultivate a sense of mindfulness about your surroundings. So the third tip for the persona is to become the bather. The bather essentially allows water to naturally calm the body. So get into the shower and take a moment to just feel the water falling onto your body. Take a moment to breathe in deeply and then release out deeply. Then take a moment to follow your body and tense each muscle group for a few seconds and then relax that muscle group and let go. Focus on one section at a time and work through your entire body. This is also called progressive muscle relaxation. Uh, this also cultivates a sense of mindfulness and brings you to the present moment, but also helps you relax those stiff and tight muscles which usually appear during anxiety or chronic stress. So the fourth persona or the fourth tip is to become the organizer. The organizer essentially shifts their focus from anxiety and worry to the task on hand, which is clearing their space and decluttering. So create a simple list of things you want to do around your house. It could be clean out your fridge, your pantry, reorganize your bedroom, donate a few old clothes, get rid of old items. And I suggest decluttering your home prior to decluttering your computer or phone as sometimes the urge to respond to messages or emails and notifications will either distract you or create more anxiety and stress. So by decluttering, you're shifting your focus from anxiety and worry to the task on hand. And when you complete the task and tick it off, your body releases serotonin, which is also known as a happy chemical, which helps you as well. What's really cool is that a clear space, whether it's physically in front of you or later if you're able to move to your digital space, a clear space helps you maintain a clear mind as well. So the fifth tip or the fifth persona is to become the aromatherapist. The aromatherapist essentially uses fragrance as a natural remedy to relieve anxiety and stress. So grab your favorite essential oils and dilute them in water. Place them in a diffuser, humidifier or a few drops in your bath. There are so many scents which have calming effects like valerian, lavender, jasmine, bergamot, orange, lemon, chamomile, frankincense, ylang-ylang, rose. There's so many different scents, so pick one that you really, really like. But please make sure you're using therapeutic grade oils that don't contain synthetic fragrances or any harsh chemicals. So this experience empowers your smell receptors in your nose to stimulate areas of the brain that are responsible for our emotions. So aromatherapy has been used as a natural remedy since ancient times to promote feelings of calmness, peacefulness and relaxation.
So my sixth tip or my sixth persona is to become the creator. The creator expresses themselves freely and allows their energy to flow through them, through their creations. So have fun, be innocent and be playful. Paint something, draw something, color in, garden, cook, bake, make music, sing, play an instrument, dance, write a poem, take photos, sculpt, make something with timber or sew, cross stitch or do something to express yourself creatively. The creative process involved in expressing oneself artistically can help relax and relieve tension, manage behaviors and feelings, reduce stress, and improve self-esteem and awareness. So you don't need to be talented or an artist to receive the benefits of being the creator. The process itself will be quite healing and therapeutic. So my seventh tip or my seventh persona is to become the athlete. The athlete essentially moves their body to shift their mind. So go for a walk, a jog, a run, a swim, or go to the gym or get outdoors and be in nature. Do something new or do your usual workout routine. When you exercise, you release feel-good endorphins, which naturally enhance your sense of well-being. You're also increasing the supply of oxygen into your brain, and therefore you're stimulating the parasympathetic nervous system, which promotes a state of calmness. Exercising also brings you to the present moment and helps you recenter yourself as you're focusing on the workout itself. You also feel good about yourself after a workout because you've achieved something and you've completed a task and it just helps with general self-esteem and confidence. So my eighth tip or my eighth persona is to become the helper. The helper essentially makes a positive difference in someone else's life. So studies have shown that practicing compassion towards someone can in fact help you from getting out of your own mind and helping someone else, which in turn releases positive and feel-good chemicals in your body. Not only do you feel good, but the beneficiary, so the other person you're helping, also gets the same experience and they get to get uh, receive the feel-good chemicals as well. So it's really a win-win situation. You can display compassion in so many ways. There are numerous ways. A few examples are, you know, calling someone up and seeing how they're going. You could take someone out for lunch. You could be, you know, supportive of someone. You could help someone out with a task or a project without anything in, like expecting anything in return. You might even feel like displaying compassion by volunteering your time or maybe donating blood or plasma with the Red Cross. So the ninth persona and my ninth tip is to become the observer. The observer essentially uses mindfulness to observe a train of anxious thoughts. So research shows us that anxious thoughts can often be thoughts that are blown out of proportion, skewed, or simply incorrect. Nonetheless, though, thoughts have power. But why? Because thoughts influence feelings and feelings influence behaviors. So a simple thought passing through your mind can actually cause you to feel quite scared or worried or sad, and then that can lead you to withdraw or act out. So as the observer, you can use the practice of mindfulness to remain present in the moment in a non-judgmental way. At the core of this practice is the idea that you are not your thoughts. So for example, I have an anxious thought, but I am not the anxious thought and I am not the anxiety. So this practice allows you to realize that thoughts are transient, they're impermanent, and they're fleeting by nature. 
So the best way to practice this is when you get an anxious thought to picture yourself on a train station platform. When a train arrives, so the train being anxiety, sometimes the train can pass through quickly or stop there for a while. Take this moment to become aware of your thought and then focus on deep breathing. Soon the train will pass by. You'll also become more familiar with your thinking patterns and become more aware of whether you're often reliving the past or worrying about the future. Note, the idea of the observer isn't to push away or ignore your feelings at all. It's simply to become aware of them and mindful of them, but not get consumed by them. The last tip and the last persona is to become the wise one. The wise one essentially sets time to worry instead of allowing it to disrupt every minute of their life. So everyone has worries pop, you know, it pops up into our head from time to time, but sometimes they won't go away and they start to impact your everyday life. So set a dedicated time for deliberate worrying every week. It can be once a week or it can be for 10 minutes a day. People often use 4.50 p.m., so 10 minutes before the end of their workday. So choosing the same time every day or every week signals to your brain that this is the time and space to worry, not as you're trying to go to bed or in the middle of the night. So this is your designated worry time, so use it. When you get an anxious, worrying or stressful thought, write it down for your worry time and then attend to it later. This allows you to not carry around your worries 24-7 or allow it to disrupt your day. It also makes you realize that some of your worries aren't worth worrying about because when you've given yourself some time to emotionally detach from the worry, the worry seems insignificant. So this practice was recently recommended to me by a psychologist and I found this extremely beneficial. So I hope today's episode was helpful and helped you realize that mental health is something relevant to all of us. It's something that you or your loved one or someone close to you could experience once in their lifetime. And it's nothing to be ashamed of. And it's knowing that it can be triggered by an obvious cause and sometimes not. So I invite you to try out one of these 10 personas when you experience anxiety or stress. Will you be the breather, the experiencer, the bather, the organizer, the aromatherapist, the creator, the athlete, the helper, the observer, or the wise one. I also invite you to share this episode with your loved ones or someone close to you because together we can create safe and connected communities and support each other with our mental health. The more we can talk about it and remove that stigma, the greater it's going to help all of us. So I'll leave you with one thing. Please know that there's always hope, even if your brain is telling you otherwise right now. I promise. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Everyday Empowerment Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, hit subscribe. I can't wait to continue to work with you to create an unshakable mindset to make more purposeful choices and to invite more abundance into your life.